On today's episode of the Mid-20s, we're back from Vegas, and we finally decided on a name for the podcast. We talk about our trip and why my sleep cycle is still screwed up five days after getting home. In segments, we have This Dude Sucks, 60 Seconds So Fox, and Top 3 Worst Celebrities. All right, let's dive in. Now when the sun come up, I'll be there to say what up in the morning. Brush my teeth, find that clip I've been looking for since last night. I feel so caught up in the bud. I float some out with my bedroom. Turn around, see myself in the mirror, I guess I'm cool And those happy thoughts in my head, I'm feeling like I'm Peter Pan Minus the tights and the birds, happy to see how far I've come To the same place, it began my dreams, imagination Perfectly at peace, so I move along a bit higher I'll be All right, back, Andrew's here, I'm here I think I'm more here than you at this point. As you heard, uh, we finally decided on a name. It's been a long time coming, and it's not like we didn't know the direction we were going. We just went through a lot of really, really tough, uh, tough names to get to this point. But you heard right. We're going with mid twenties. I think it's appropriate, seeing as um, most people who I'm going to be relying on for content, I guess we're going to be relying on for content, are in their mid twenties. And the two hosts of this pod are in their mid-20s. So if we're still doing this in like two, three years, we got to come up with a new name. I have some some ones we threw out that we could really go with later. Uh, the Lone Star Boys. That was my personal least favorite. Uh, 20-somethings I thought was good and it would be relevant for longer, but whatever. Uh, apparently So Now What was already kind of taken. It's Arian Foster's podcast. So Arian Foster, former Houston Texan, his podcast is now what and i thought it was i knew it was a good idea i knew i had seen it before and if it hadn't been so close to the tree i probably would have ran with that one but i didn't want to hijack his idea well then we came up with don't worry so instead of so now what we have so what now because that's so much different we decided to get that one too my personal least favorite actually is and i don't know how we haven't talked about this meaty part of the bell curve yeah i understand the reference right. but what a terrible name oh yeah it's all <laughs> are we awful. just super average is yeah that yeah i mean the one right below that is beady mediocrity so well i'm happy with our decision uh honestly 12 18 pot i still like better but apparently it's not as relevant plus neither of us will probably live here in six months so i like the mid-20s it'll be relevant for longer it was it was nice to have 12 18 pod for the uh, the month that we had it r.i.p in peace all it took for us to decide on a name was one trip to Las Vegas. You know, we've been talking about it for months now. Longer than you care to have heard about it. And we did it. We went to Vegas for three days. And I, I'm not lying when I say I don't think I could have recorded this until maybe Today. yesterday. Today's Thursday. Today's the first day I feel comfortable recording something. It was, it was, it was tough. It's it tough was to tough. get back. Yep. It was a great trip. Tough to get back. But I can tell you the moment that I knew that I would be screwed for a couple of days was we got there at Wednesday at what? Uh, 8 a.m.? Because mm -hmm. it was a two-hour time difference, three-hour flight. We flew out at 7. Uh, had Subway for breakfast because it was the only place we could find that didn't have a $14 breakfast sandwich. Uh, and then about midnight that night... We were talking about how we ate Subway this morning, and I actually did not believe them. I did not believe Chris that we had already that we had, had Subway that morning, that it was less than 24 hours ago, that this was the first day we'd spent there. Time goes by fast. Time goes by slow at the same time. It was it was wild. I, I feel like time doesn't exist. In it, Vegas. it didn't. It didn't seem and like it people did. told me that, and I was like, "That's such a cliche. It's that's bullshit." But. It's the truth. Time does not senses, exist. Every one of your senses is moving. Yeah, time that can't exist there. So let's let's go through it. We acted like idiots, idiots the day before, and we stayed up entirely too late. Our flight was at seven a.m. We had to get to the airport at five. We didn't go to bed probably about until about one midnight and one o'clock. And I'd we say had it was been one drinking since about two thirty three three p.m. So we woke up. I woke up. I can't speak for you. I was a, li a little hungover, just a touch hungover. To be honest, I, I think that was the most I drank. Not the most I drank. The most drunk I got was the day before we even went. Not you, 
you definitely have better. But I don't. I just don't know what happened. It just kind of went off the rails. I mean, and I know what happened for me. I packed my entire closet, <laughs> except I packed no t-shirts. Could not find my charger when we got there. So my entire week was spent wearing polos. Or my entire three days. I had to wear a polo at all times. No t-shirts. You packed much better. Well, I packed sober-ish. You packed sober-ish. Um, I can tell you why I made that decision on uh, on Tuesday to act like that. I got out of class and I realized that I this is going to be my first vacation in years. And I was excited. But... In hindsight, and we'll get to this later when we talk about how we would have done uh, done things a little bit differently, not the best move because terrible in, move in Vegas. You don't. I didn't want to sleep. I felt like I felt like sleeping there wasting was wasting my time. Yeah. And I got I got one good night of sleep, but the first night, right? The first no. night we were there. Yeah, 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 yeah. First night, you came in later than us, but you slept long. Yeah. We were there for, and these are just some observations I had uh, while we were putting this together. We were there for 70 hours. 14 of those were spent sleeping. For you. For, for me, me, I spent about, I, I probably spent 20 hours sleeping. I got a little more than you. 28 were spent playing blackjack. Again, for you. So I spent twice I as much time on, at a blackjack table than I did sleeping. And this... I wouldn't do it any other way, frankly. No, I mean, I I think the best part of it was, uh, in general, I don't really see you go up to random people and strike up conversations and things like that. Just big groups of people. But Jesse was actually, like, not running the table, but was, like, the the guy at the table. Everyone was, like, talking and excited about what he was doing. And, like, he was, like, the life of the fucking, like, or sorry, the life of that little part of the casino. And I just, like, at one point, I, I think he thought I was upset. I went to bed. Because every time I walked away, I went and lost more money. But this man just wasn't losing anything. And nobody at the table was. Everybody was having a good time. That was a good 28 hours for you. I, I don't got, think you even spent any money in Vegas I got very, overall. I got very lucky with some good tables, some good people. And, you know, it was, it was a hell of an experience. It really was. It was just as fun as I anticipated it would be. But Vegas itself, you know, you fly in and... As a native Texan, and I, I think I can speak for Andrew on this one, you don't see mountains very often. And you fly in, and Andrew had the window seat of perhaps the most stressful flight of my life, I have to say. You know, I haven't flown in about seven years, and I have a little bit of anxiety. Um, you know. Well, and real quick, do y'all remember the story about the – anybody ever heard the story of the lady that got sucked through a window, but luckily she stopped it up so no one else on the flight died? Morbid story, terrible thing, but it happened. Well, we were talking about that. Andrew has the window seat. Chris is riding bitch. I'm in the aisle, and I am white knuckling my knees as we are climbing, as the planes climb to 30,000 feet. And I hear these two assholes talking about this poor lady who gets sucked out of an airplane window. And at that point, I was like, this trip is going to be absolutely absurd. And it was. Well, I did. I did. I didn't I, think you were freaking out. I didn't let on to my state of mind until we landed, just because I felt like if I had said, "Guys, I'm not. I'm not in a great place here." Y'all would have just screwed with me. Oh, I would have made fun of you a lot, mercilessly. I would have made you stand up several times so I can go to the bathroom, just because I don't think you could have handled that. So we land. the The mountains are fantastic. You see a little bit of the skyline, and we step off the plane, and there are slot machines. I've been told about that. I thought that was. I thought that was like exaggeration, right. but they're everywhere, man. People were playing them. We, we, we again, we landed at eight a.m. and there were people playing them in the in the yep. middle of the airport. And I noticed people. So we we came in on a Wednesday. I noticed people in the airport vacant or leaving, departing Vegas, and they looked just dead. Their eyes were sunken. They had no life in them. And I told myself, that's not going to be me. That is not going to be me. I'm going to make sure that I am bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when we're leaving here Saturday morning. Spoiler alert, it was me. Completely 1,000%. Well, maybe not Chris. Chris got some sleep that last night. He still looked pretty rough. Yeah. Not having a phone and all made that even worse. But we, uh, you know, we spent the first day mainly being tourists, at least for the first half of the day. And... And not good tourists at that. No, we were idiots. We walked on the first day... 27,000 steps, according to my phone, 
because we didn't realize that there were other modes of transportation that were free and easy to get. You remember the tram? Yeah. That we took frequently? Yep. Well, we didn't know about the tram the first time. It was about a mile, a little over a mile walk to get over there. And then we realized the tram was there. Andrew and I were in boots, jeans, and polos. Chris took one look at us when we got to the, uh, the airport. And she's like, you guys are idiots. idiots. And he was right. My my feet were swollen <laughs> until about yesterday because of all the walking in boots. Um, not the smartest of decisions. But you, I feel like you have to kind of take your lumps a little bit in Vegas to fully appreciate it and understand the entire mechanism frankly well what's crazy is we spent three days there and i still don't feel like i even know half the mechanism no not at all there's so much more to experience which i know we'll get into regrets i don't really regret it i just don't think you can do everything that you want to do in vegas in one trip it's too draining no it, it really was three days was too much for me when we oh, it was the right amount when i so when we walked into new york new york that's where we spent a majority of our time because the the energy there was pretty nice it was kind of laid back the dealers were fun we walk in, Chris orders three drinks, four drinks, and it was $40. I re- recoiled. I was mortified, horrified, scared out of my wits. I literally thought I'm going back to Texas with $0 and zero cents. So Andrew and Chris sit down at a $10 table. I go across the casino looking for these fabled $5 tables of New York, New York, found it. And just as I'm about to sit down, Chris or Andrew, I can't recall, I think it was you, called me and said, we're idiots. And I said, yeah, obviously. How much money did you just lose? (laughs) How's, uh, this is not new information. like, no, no, no. They will bring you beer. They will bring you drinks to your table. And I I was, again, I was like, well, yeah, we, because we've grown up in Windstar and we've gambled in Windstar. They'll bring you drinks. And Andrew's like, no, they'll bring you drinks for free if you're gambling. So we just spent, we, Chris just spent 40 bucks on drinks. And I had a half a half, half Bud Light in my hand, sit down at my first table, boom, server asking if I want another one. Well, I don't, I don't know who it was, but I remember walking in and saying, no, you drink for free in Vegas. And somebody was like, no, that's a myth. And <laughs> I said that was a myth. Okay. I didn't believe it. I mean, Jesse said that. I don't want to sell you out for that. But I was like, I was like, oh, darn, like that. I fully believe that. I thought this was true. But I was like, I guess we're spending $40 on four drinks now. And these were beers, by the way. We had one mixed drink and three beers. And it was $40. Oh, my God. So that at that point, I had the biggest shit eating grin on my face because I found a found a table that matched my matched my energy for that trip which would turned out to be a table that I sat at for probably uh, over, 20 over 20 hours. hours. Yeah. Um, all said and done. The first, the first day was, I don't know if it was my favorite day because there was not one particular thing that stuck out as being my favorite part of the trip. But the first day we played a good deal of blackjack and then we went to the strip and you know, the strip you hear about how the lights are just, sort of awe-inspiring and they they'll capture your your imagination and the truth is that's that's just facts it all the lights all the people all the signs stopping in all the action for those lights and it was on a wednesday and it was jam-packed wall-to-wall with tourists it was incredible it was a beautiful experience every i was admittedly a little too drunk to be walking around was that on Wednesday the strip. Night? That was on Wednesday night. We went to the when we went to the Bellagio uh, water show, and that was one of my mistakes, I think. But we, you know, we do the the strip, we do the Bellagio, we walk through it, look at the tables, realize that the Bellagio is not for us because the cheapest table at that point for blackjack was like twenty five dollar minimum, and that was the bare minimum. Uh, we we'll go back to the hotel, and I tap out. Which, you know, probably my only morally responsible decision of the entire weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I stayed up for a little bit, but we just didn't. What, what I, I ended up betting on fake horses. That's how That's how much Vegas got me in the middle of the night. That was a lot of fun, though. I, I would love to understand how real horse. Like, I guess it's the same thing, but it seems like a crapshoot. 
because uh, I was betting on the people with the lowest uh, possibility of winning. I did not win a single time. Uh, but let's let's move on. What was your favorite part of the trip? Best part of the trip were the two parties I met at the table. So the first day, uh, like I just referred to, in New York, New York, I was with the same group of people for a majority of the time I was there. We were all winning money. We were all getting drinks. Uh, it, it's very important that you're, the table that you're at has a good energy. And it's sort of hard to put into words when that energy goes from good to bad. But when you're there, you feel it. And it it's indescribable, but... It doesn't matter if you're winning or losing. I think that's something we both learned from the trip was how much more fun it is to be the life of a table without being obnoxious. Exactly. Because you can bring a good energy. There and was that guy behind you who wouldn't sit down at the open table next to you guys because you guys had such a good energy. That table looked like a bunch of losers. Schlubs. Uh, but so I sit down at that first table and one of the guys sitting two seats down and I get to talking because we're about the same age. He is... Turns out he's a Navy. He's in the Navy. Almost out, right? Mm -hmm. He has eight more months. And he came to Vegas for his 25th birthday. And I just turned 25. So we're essentially the same age. Turns out his friends and I don't squat like platoon mates or whatever. they I don't know the, the correct jargon. Yeah. Uh, that sounds very antiquated. But his, <laughs> his, his boys weren't able to get leave to come to Vegas with him. And he was in Vegas by himself. And I was like, dude. I've spent birthdays by myself. It sucks. Just kind of coming out with me and my friends. I, I'm sure in a Vegas it would be yeah. fun, but I feel like uh, company is always preferable to being by yourself, especially in Las Vegas. So anyway, we added a fourth guy to the posse until he left on Friday. His name was Andrew. We dubbed him Andrew 2.0. And uh, he's a really cool dude. He's actually stationed in Corpus Christi, which if you're a native Houstonian, you've you've most likely been to. So that was cool. Small world. The other group I met was this uh, husband and wife, John and Patricia, Patricia. They were actually from Austin, Texas, and they were in town for a high school basketball tournament. Their son's actually a bit of a stud. And their daughter, we we're talking about colleges and whatnot. And I mentioned that I go to UNT and they kind of brightened up. And I, this happens quite frequently. Andrew, I don't know if it happens to you, but when you say UNT, people are like, oh, UT Austin, that's awesome. And hmm. you're like, oh, not really. And you don't want to correct them, but they're like, oh, yeah, UNT. And I was like, in, in Denton? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we were just there a couple months ago. Our daughter's actually, she plays the cello. She's looking into schools that she wants to go to. And UNT, their music program is phenomenal. So, And we love the campus. Tell us all about Denton. So we sat there for about an hour. Meanwhile, my boy John apparently knows his way around a blackjack table. So he's coaching me up, teaching me all the ins and outs. I consider myself to be competent at blackjack. But him and I spent probably about three hours together. And then it was time to go. So I was I was on a pretty, pretty big... I forgot why you left. I think it was, it was time. Us. It was time to eat. And honestly, I my legs were cramping. It was it was just time to kind of stretch them out. Honestly, and, they both seemed going. A, little, uh, a little into you, man. <laughs> they, were, they were really good people. Uh, just one of the things that I noticed, I guess this, and this ties it up with a bow, just the people you meet are so just different and vary so much from the people you see on a day to day in Vegas. I feel like most people are in a good mood unless they're assholes who have lost a lot of money. So that creates an environment that's very welcoming and hospitable and cheery. And I just completely fell in love with that and dove right in and, that's kind of why I was able to let my inhibitions down a little bit and just really enjoy enjoy. Honestly, you look the happiest I think you've been in forever. I was frankly gambling at a five dollar table. Completely was. Andrew, what was your your favorite part? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I actually have two because I wrote one down and it was while well, my like most exciting part. I know what my actual favorite part was. Uh, the most exciting thing that happened was after watching you play Rain Man for hours on the table. Uh, going over to that table a couple over that was uh, I think it was 25 minutes I don't remember uh, but I was just was like I'm gonna play this until Jesse gets up turns out Jesse gets up like a minute later uh, so he gets to see the best five minutes of gambling that I think I've ever had uh, where I won all but two hands for five straight minutes only betting $30 a hand but I won 400 bucks just sitting there and I could hear them behind me being like what the hell because it just it wasn't losing it was like I was good at it it just was like no matter what, just I was winning. Good cards. Meanwhile, the dealer's heckling me saying, why are you only betting $30? Because that's their job. They want you to start losing. Bet more money. I get it. Uh, but that was just so exciting because I just got up successful. That was the only successful part of that trip for me. 
gambling wise for the most part uh and just got to walk away happy i kept thinking of while i was watching you do that because uh, you know we were all hungry and getting a little irritable but we watched you do that and it was awesome and i kept thinking about the the line from the hangover uh, jeffrey tambor saying you never walk away from a heater and at that moment we weren't gonna we were gonna drag you off because you were just winning like I walked hand after hand after a hand bit. a little i mean you lost what two, two hands and two straight two, was it too straight? Yeah, and that's why we finally backed out. Okay, well, I mean, you won probably about twelve straight hands, yeah, something it was like awesome. that. It was fan- that was really uh, fun to watch. But my favorite trip, uh, while I do not partake in Texas because illegality, the dispensary visit was my favorite one. I know, like that's super generic to go somewhere that offers uh, dispensaries and stuff like that, but it was an experience that I didn't expect because it put you in a waiting room and take your IDs for, I guess, just to check your age. They hand them right back to you when you go in. <clears throat> and then you have someone that is as knowledgeable as I'm going to find somebody to be about everything, sells you whatever you want without being pushy. You go online, have to pay cash because feds don't allow this yet. And it's just like the the experience of it, regardless of what you do with the merchandise afterwards, it was actually, it was a lot of fun. It was like the most advanced liquor store I'd ever been to. They were... They were serious. They were locked down. And they also were uh, super into giving you Ubers and Lyfts to and from there. Uh, I don't know how big it is in, in Las Vegas yet, but apparently pretty big. Yeah. Uh, but they, I mean, they sold everything that you could have thought of from everywhere around the world. It was, it was honestly, it was mind blowing as like to anybody I think that goes, it'd be mind blowing. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. When we said we we're going to a dispensary, I wasn't necessarily the most on board because I don't. I had, a, I had a certain image in my head, and I thought that I thought it'd be like a ratchet, run really rundown, shop. grungy, yeah. trashy. I walked in, and it was well lit. The employees were well kept, and it was a they had professional those establishment. Menu boards, you remember those? Yeah, those it, was, awesome. it was. It uh, was actually rather impressive. But that was my favorite experience. Not just, I guess that's not really exclusive to Vegas, but uh, this first one I've ever been to, and it definitely will not be the last. That was a lot of fun. Uh, why don't we take a break real quick? So if you had to do it again, and you're going to be doing it again at some point, you know. Going to Vegas? Yeah. you're. This is the first of many trips I have to imagine for myself because I enjoy gambling. I enjoy that atmosphere. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'll definitely go again. You know, I have a somewhat of a gambling issue although you might have a worse one we'll talk about that sure sure that that's debatable but i didn't think you did with this trip <laughs> what uh what would you change if uh, anything the only real thing and we talked about this a little bit i'd stay more central to this strip or at least central to something else uh we were at the very very end at the mission mandalay bay was awesome it was beautiful Awesome building, great. The beach was amazing. Wasn't there. it a little trippy though when we realized that we were overlooking the scene of that shooting? Like I had no idea yeah. about the particulars, and Andrew 2.0 actually pointed to the lot, which was directly in our eyes. Yeah, and I it was a... just a parking lot. That's where the shooting came from. And if you peeked your head around, you could essentially see the room where yeah. the shooting took place. So that was that was a little weird, but the, the uh, like nothing against Manda. I thought they were great. I thought it was awesome. They were actually hosting the WNBA champ, our all-star game mm-hmm. that weekend. Uh, we didn't stay long enough for that because we left Saturday morning. It was Saturday night. Um, but that was a great hotel just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but there was a tram to get to New York, New York, but you had to walk 10 minutes to get there and then take the tram and wait for it and all that. But I would love to stay like in the very center of everything, maybe not even New York, like to like Planet Hollywood or somewhere like that. If we can afford it, I'd love to stay at Caesars, but you know, they didn't even like me when I went there just to gamble. So, uh, but that's really the only thing, just where we stayed, I would stay somewhere more action in the middle of the strip, maybe go see more shows. Yeah, I agree. In terms of the Mandalay Bay, I think it was perfect for this trip because it gave us a little bit of a break and it was so much more relaxed than every other casino we went to, basically. No crazy lights, none of that. No, all the tables were pretty much I would say reserved, not not in the sense that they were actually, but calm, collected. The demographic there, the typical clientele was Richer accommodating. Hey, oh yeah, much wealthier Although a than lot we of were. Children. Yes, a lot of children. I think a of that lot beach. of children. That's one of the things that I didn't necessarily understand. And circling back to that couple I met, they said 
we used to go to Vegas all the time when we were younger and we said we weren't going to come back until our kids were 21. They broke that pact because they, you know, they had yeah. this basketball tournament, which makes sense. But why bring your children to Vegas? I don't understand it. And I have to imagine if for some unforsaken reason I decide to actually have children in my future, I can't fathom a reality where I'm bringing them to the Vegas before the age of 18 at the earliest. I'd still go with 21. I had some friends I'd love to go to Vegas with, but if they're not 21, they'll... What do you can't do? Ex- they can't... What can do you, you gamble do? at 18? No. I don't think you can. Nope. Yeah, because they kept IDing uh, <laughs> everybody. But we went to the pool, as Andrew alluded to earlier, and that's that was sort of just a, a, a hive of the youth of yeah. Vegas. That was a lot of kids, but I mean, I expected that. It was a yep. wave pool and a uh, lazy river. Still a lot of fun. But what, what would you change? The biggest regret I have is the night before, because it was irresponsible staying up that late, and I don't... I say I regret it, but I was on vacation, and like I said, I haven't been on a real vacation in in years, so I was going to act a fool a little bit, and I came back this week, and it's been miserable, absolutely miserable. I got everything done that I needed to get done. I had a test this week, a couple of projects due, and my like I said at the top of the program, my sleep schedule is still messed up. I wake up in the middle of the night dreaming of blackjack, and that's not hyperbole at all. It's, It's facts. I'll wake up from a dream in which I'm being dealt cards and my brain says, yep, time to gamble because several times during the three days we were there, I was gambling past three, four, five o'clock in the morning. What was the, how late were we out the last night? We are, we left for the flight at 4.30. So we were in New York, New York until about 3.45. And then Andrew 2.0 and I stayed at New York, New York. On... So 5 a.m. the night before, right? Correct. Wow. So that's that's the biggest the biggest thing while i was there i don't regret the lack of sleep because i wanted to experience everything i wanted to see the sights i wanted to maximize my time there but acting like an idiot the day before we go on vacation i wish i had gone to sleep at a reasonable hour maybe popped a melatonin at like 7 p.m eating a lot of vegetables woken up and felt ready to attack vegas because i still attacked it but i was at 65 percent going into the weekend and i should have been closer to 100 and i just wasn't my fault, my mistake, will not do it again. Famous last words. But besides that, I wouldn't change a damn thing. You're okay with the flight? I I, I scheduled all the travel arrangements, so if that's a problem, ah, I apologize. I'm, I'm wishy-washy on the flight. I think one one day I think one thing, the next I think something else. So we flew into Vegas. Our flight from DFW to Vegas was at 7 a.m. It departed at 7 a.m. We got to Vegas at 8 a.m. Wouldn't change that. Uh, our flight out of Vegas was at 7 a.m.? That was the worst part for me. The flight itself was awful. But at the same time, would it have made a difference if we were flying out at, say, 10 a.m.? I I think it would have made a difference if we'd slept. But I wasn't going to sleep. I had no intention to sleep the night before. Because even even then, you get three hours of sleep. Chris got three. Do you think he was <laughs> in any better shape than we were? Chris I don't. Miserable. Oh, Chris. Had, Chris had a tough, tough Chris couple the, of days. I would say the worst, the worst time out of all of us. You lose not only more money than I think I intended to lose. He lost his phone in an Uber. The uh, first time we were there. Uh, I, I want to say it was the second because we were coming from Planet Hollywood. Remember? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. Also, Uber never called us back. I love Uber. Well, not really, actually. I prefer Lyft. But uh, the Uber never even called us back. No one yeah. did. Shout out customer service for Uber. It was atrocious. But I think the worst part of that flight was whatever, like, I felt like a five-year-old with my issues with my ears. I couldn't hear. I couldn't talk. It hurt so bad. We, I think we almost got close to getting kicked off the flight because we were in the emergency <laughs> row because Andrew found that to be an appropriate spot for us on our flight back. For and the leg room. The poor flight attendant, she's like, y'all are about to get a show. And she has to do the entire safety demonstration right in front of our face. And before the flight, we had to respond to her saying, are you able to assist? Are you in- willing and able to assist in the event of an emergency? And we had to say, yes, I am. And I'll, yes, I was I <laughs> not in a shape to be able to even utter those three words. I was so close to losing my shit. And it was all fun and games until we got in the air. And then the, the totality of the week just hit me like a ton of bricks. At least Steph was cute. That's true. She, she was, was very tall also, though. She Come was a very, very nice flight attendant. But 
all right, closing thoughts. Let's wrap this uh, this Vegas thing up. I'm sure nobody cares to hear about this anymore, but I love it. Did it live up to the hype? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. You know, I've been I've been doing a lot of reading. That's that's me. I overthink and overplan, and I read a lot of stuff about Vegas, and I talked to a lot of people about Vegas, and I had a certain idea in my head of what it had to be to live up to my expectations. And it lived up to those expectations and at points exceeded those expectations. Would I change some stuff? Perhaps. Do I have a better idea of what I want to go do the next time in Vegas? Absolutely. All in all, it was one of the more memorable vacations I've ever had. I was with uh, people that I really enjoy and the entire experience was just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. The people that were a lot of fun. Were there some shitheads? Yeah, but there's shitheads everywhere. I really didn't experience anyone that bad, though. I didn't, like that bad that they actually like ruined my day. Mm-hmm. I think I ruined a couple people. The fact days, that but... we weren't the biggest assholes in any room we walked into. The only the only place that we were the biggest assholes was on the plane ride home, which is probably not the place that you want to be an asshole. The biggest asshole. But in Vegas, it was there was always somebody louder. There was always somebody more intoxicated. And you never want to be the drunkest or uh, most aggressive person in any room that you're in. And we never were. And for that, I'm a little surprised. Thankful. And very thankful. Uh, Well, I only have like three things on this and they're really, I guess, quick fire. Uh, First day, I spilt an entire water onto a shoe of cards, uh, which for anyone that doesn't know, that is eight decks of cards. And it ruined every single card. So they had to replace the entire deck, which took 20 minutes. And I felt too bad to get up and just leave because there was five other people at the table just staring at me. So that was, I wasn't even drunk. And then when I did it the second time, it was with a beer. The waitress had set it outside of my cup holder. So when I turned around to grab it, I just knocked it all over. Luckily, I only ruined two cards there. Uh, But that was the most embarrassing part of the trip where I felt like a real asshole. Uh, but then the, uh, I did bet on the Pistons to win the championship. I know that's a dumb bet, but if I win, I get $15,050 and I, no matter what happens in my life, will come on this podcast and laugh about that. I think you get 10 minutes of just screaming, laughing. I think I could just, I just want to get it all out in cash and throw it at your face for making fun of me because Derek Rowe is going to have a comeback season. Uh, but all in all, I thought the, the trip was great. It was the, uh, the only thing that didn't live up to the hype is I wish we'd gone to something. Some kind of the entertainment show. The lack show. of show was... Uh, there were showgirls all over the, the strip that wanted to uh, grab you and try to force you to take a picture that they charge money for. That was actually a little bit annoying, uh, but really funny to watch Jesse get uncomfortable with that, to be honest. I don't operate in those spaces very well, so when they start grabbing at the biceps and no, everywhere. They the were stomach, just, it's They just will stop you from walking. A little uncomfy. Oh, that was something else. But overall, great, great experience. And I can't wait to do it again with more knowledge and more money. I I wrote a little bit of a column about my experience. Part one is up. I will plug our website. It'll be in the description below of this podcast. Uh, part one's out now. Part two should be out probably later this weekend. We have a website. We have a website. We branded and we have a website. I actually did not know that. That was not just for the... Uh... Surprise! Jesse's a majority shareholder of this podcast. Shareholder. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick We're break. We're making we'll all get, the money. We'll get back to segments. So while we were in Vegas, we, I don't know if we were all a part of this, but I made a point of staying off my phone because I didn't want to be in tune with everything that was going on. You know, I was texting and I was writing down my observations, but I didn't get on Reddit. I didn't get on Twitter. No social media, really. A little bit of Snapchat just because I had to, you know, I just wanted to flex that it was a moment for sure. But most of it was I just wanted to be in a clear-headed state of mind and avoiding all of the day-to-day struggles, trials, tribulations, negativity. But you can't really deny that it's there. So let's move into it. Andrew, this dude sucks. Who do you... I actually got, I think, the more serious one this week because it was so shocking to see on on Twitter when I got back from Vegas. Uh, I know it's three years old almost at this point, uh, but it got resurfaced because the charge is being dropped on the officers. Uh, But Tony Timpa, for those of you that have not heard, I see, I think he was in, it was in Dallas. Yeah, it was Dallas. Dallas. I wasn't 100% sure. 
uh, was a schizophrenic that was off his meds and high on cocaine. Called the police on himself because he knew he was in over his head and needed help. Uh, unfortunately, before the cops could get there, though, he went a little crazy. He was at an adult video store when he called and he ran into busy traffic. Uh, so he got handcuffed and detained by security before the police arrived. And if you watch the video, you can see him trying to get up and run back into traffic and all that, even while he is handcuffed. Uh, but when they got there, he's still acting a little bit crazy. They restrained him, which is fine. Uh, but they, the way that they restrained him was by putting their knee on the back of his neck, upper back, uh, and driving his face into the ground. And yes, he was high on cocaine, off his drug, off his meds, everything, screaming about how they're killing him. But they actually were. It was it was ten straight minutes of, or they say thirteen, uh, but watching the video it was about ten uh, of him saying that he couldn't breathe and them having his foot on his their their knee on his back. Uh, and he ended up dying face down on the ground there. Uh, but that's, while that is terrible, absolutely terrible, bad training, whatever, the most horrifying part of that story was the police officers joking about how, like, as soon as they realized that he was not responding, they were like, oh, he must have fallen asleep, must have passed out. They're like, hey, you got to wake up. It's your first day of school. Like, don't want to be late for that. Oh, mom, give me five more minutes in bed. It was the, the jokes that they were making without one time checking to see if he was okay. They, they kept saying, oh, was he breathing? They're like, oh yeah, he just moved, I think. And and everything that they were doing to him to make fun of him all the way up until he got into the the uh, ambulance and they said, yeah, this guy's dead. Like they, they weren't even trying to revive him at that point because they were smart enough to know, like obviously if you sit on somebody for 10 minutes, he's dead, you should check on that. Uh, but he called the cops himself on himself and these people, these officers were, were careless. They shouldn't have the job that they have. Uh, you, said, you said the charges got even, dropped? Yeah, I was say the. I don't know if the, this dude sucks really belongs to the police officers or the DA that dismissed it. Everybody sucks. Uh, but they said that at no point did the officers act recklessly. Uh, neither did they do anything on purpose. Uh, which, while yes, I believe they didn't do it on purpose, they were definitely careless and reckless. Uh, so I, I would have to give the that suit sucks to the police officers themselves. The so DA what's, what's the purpose of police? To serve and protect. To save us, yeah, if we need it. That doesn't sound like serving or protecting. It sounds like quite the opposite. Now, I want to ask you a question, and this is going to get a little serious because it's a serious subject matter. We, I'm not, I'm not by any stretch of the imagine, ag- imagination uh, anti-police. I know quite a few cops from my time in Gainesville covering uh city affairs and whatnot. Most of them are good dudes. I don't know if you've encountered a lot of cops, Andrew. Most are good people. But do you think that with the proliferation of media in terms of everybody having access to a smartphone, a video camera, a recorder, are there more bad cops than we would have let on? Or do you think it's just more highly publicized? I think that they've always... like. Just I put it this way whenever I talk to you about it is like I work where I manage people that some of them suck. The company as a whole, great. The difference between you have bad employees, they have bad police officers. Unfortunately, that's a lot worse than having a bad nobody you've managed has access to a firearm. Right. So I think that the social media, everything has opened our eyes to it more than it, like, I don't think it's gotten any worse. I think it's just as bad as it's always been. It's just more publicized and more cared about, which is a good thing. I, I'm not saying that's bad at all, but it's 100% the result. Uh, I, I Rather, I think it's 100% more obvious to us because of social media, not that it's become worse. For as much crap sense. as social media gets, and it definitely has its pitfalls, the fact that it provides a check on corruption and a abuse of power, as we've seen here... That's, uh, you know, that's there's something to be said for that, I think. It's a tragic story, and you see it all too frequently. It's it's this and the mass shootings, and it seems like it's daily. And it's it's tragic, but I think I have to agree with you. And just the fact that he called the cops on himself. And yeah, honestly, that's the biggest kicker to me. He did it himself. Ultimately resulted in his own death, yeah. which is just heartbreaking. But, I, I like again, I know everything he was on and all that, but it doesn't make an excuse for... The fact that he tried, he knew he, he yeah, screwed Yeah, if you're schizophrenic, you sh- 
But he I really just, screwed up. I, oh, he did. He, he called did. the cops. He did. He did. Uh, but let's on a less serious note. Who is your this guy sucks for the yeah, week? Yeah. So usually I go heavy. You went heavy, heavy this week. So I decided to keep it a little bit lighter. So my, you know, I, I've talked about classes this this semester. Excuse me, this summer semester, and there's this one kid in particular. And I say kid. I I shouldn't say that because it's patronizing. But he's he's just turned 21 and it's painfully obvious and I'll describe how in a little bit. Anyway, the class is about 70 people. On a good day, there are 40 people there, plus or minus 10. And we've got to a point where everybody knows everybody and it's very obvious who is there and who is not there. Which are classes, those are the types that I prefer. When it's a, there's a little camaraderie and everyone's comfortable talking to everybody because you're supposed to be comfortable in your classroom. Anyway, this one kid shows up late every day, every single day. He's at least five minutes late, and that's on a good day, even on test days. And he sits close to uh, front and center. Now I get it, you know, 21 year olds they're late to class. I was late to my fair share of classes when I was that young as well. It happens. He's obviously, like I said, 21. He wears his Greek letters loud and proud, and he comes in talking about his latest debauchery at Fry Street and Tav and PH, and he got so wasted to his neighbors, who are these sorority girls, who have no interest in talking to this guy at, at all. They don't even give him a time the time of day. But when you're 21, you think getting drunk and shit-faced on a regular basis is is it's funny it's comedic and to some extent i guess if you're going to do it at any point in your life this is the time to do it but what makes it that much worse is my professor of this class is a divorcee divorcee arguing semantics widow a widowed uh did her husband die correct okay that's called widowed widowed geez Yikes, big yikes. Um, but she's in her late 60s, early 70s. And she is the nicest human being I have ever encountered in my life. She gives a shit about the subject. She cares about her students, which is a rarity at UNT, in my opinion. Most of these professors, they would rather bemoan the state of their employment talking about how UNT refuses to tenure, refuses to tenure them. It's a crock of shit, blah, 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 than actually telling the students that she cares about them and that she wants them to learn, which she does. And she's also made a point of getting on first name basis with her entire class in a matter of three and a half, four weeks, which as a person who is terrible with names, I find that to be completely impressive. But she also maintains an open dialogue with the class and wants us to be engaged. So yesterday we have a test and uh, she, today, hardly anybody was there, including my friend, uh, the 21 year old, he's not there. And she gets a little, uh, I don't want to say sad, but a little melancholy. And she says, what's wrong with my class? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not doing something right? And she talks about how she thinks she's use, losing her edge and her student's attention span. And she doesn't understand what she can do differently. The thing that really sets me off though, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves. And this is where this dude sucks from, comes from. This kid on the day before the test, Andrew, if you have a class that dismisses at 9.50, what time do you start packing up your bag? Honestly. Um, I'm, I'm going to, like, honestly? Honestly. Then it really, body language of the professor once they're done. Mm -hmm. uh, but 9.50 at the latest. Yeah. Right. So if they're, if they're not done talking at 9.50, it depends on the professor. So but you'll start, when you'll they start packing me, up at 9.50 yeah. when you're supposed to be dismissed. This child starts packing up at 9.42. And like I said, he's front center. So he's got the backpack. He's slamming his laptop shut, closing his notebooks, just throwing everything and being, causing it quite a ruckus. Now, if I did do that, it would be like subtly and slowly. Correct. No zippers, none of right. that. Just, you know, right. looking exactly. like you're just cleaning up a little. It's just common courtesy. No, not for this guy. And it's so obviously pains the professor to see this. because, And I can't imagine. Most professors are able to just shrug it off and i'm sh i'm sure that's because they've seen it all before and they think that our generation's going to hell yada 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 but this professor who so obviously cares about her students and our ability to process the material and learn it's heartbreaking and 
my last last little bit on this. Go to class. Don't be a dick and stay until the professor dismisses you. You're paying too much money. You're paying too much freaking money to your institution of higher learning to start packing up your stupid bag eight minutes before dismissal. It's rude. It's disrespectful. We have to be better. That you really is are getting my, old. This, I am, dude. And that's the thing beautiful. Is, like, the that, thing that's is, never bothered me in school. I never did it, you know, but it didn't bother me. If I wasn't going to law school, I'd be going into academia for sure and teaching, but I don't think I could handle the kids packing up because it just shows that they're not interested in what you have to say. And it's not a respect thing. It's more of, well, maybe it is a respect thing. And this professor who has two masters, we should probably be paying attention to what she has to say. She needs to just, she needs to just, I think the best way to get back, I don't know what I was trying to word that as, but the best way to get back at them is if you see them start packing up, just be, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wait for you to leave. Yeah. And let them just leave and be just embarrassed. But, and because I, I'd be I embarrassed. agree. And I, I think I would have to do something like that, but this lady is too nice. She is too sweet. And most of us appreciate her, but there's always going to be those bad apples who want to take advantage of kindness. So I was that bad apple in high school. I'm glad I grew out of that when I got to college. Yeah. I was I, terrible. I was honestly, when I was 18, I, I guess I probably had a little bit of that in me, but my parents raised me better than to be that much of a shit heel. So that is my, this dude sucks. Let's take a quick break. Okay. I know that was awfully preachy, but it's okay. We're going to take a step away from that. And I feel like it's gonna be just straight as onto the soapbox, boy. Sixty second soapbox, Andrew. For those of you who are up first, remember, this is just sixty seconds where I get to, or Jesse gets to, or anybody. Actually, I think if we ever do have somebody on here, they should. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me, How Vegas good. has me in a bad way. Uh, but anybody that comes on, I would love to hear a sixty second soapbox from anybody. You just get sixty to. seconds to talk about anything and everything that makes your heart flutter. So it might seem random, but I'm going to go ahead and go, all right? Three, two, one. I still need to find a way to get into baseball because, God, this is the worst time of year if you don't watch baseball. I Football starts, actually, they're saying it starts now because half whatever. Basketball is like two-ish months away. I can't wait for the fall. I love the fall. If I can get into baseball next year, though, I know you'll be excited about that. I was reminded today of my irrational fear of sticking my hand into a garbage disposal. I don't think that's irrational. I actually had to do that today. Couldn't get the spoon out. Jesse got it out in like 10 seconds. Really embarrassing. My favorite thing I did today, I rewatched the premiere of Walking Dead, like the season one's episode one. It was amazing. I don't know why they continued past season four. I know they just wanted to make money. Season five, maybe. But that was the best premiere I've ever seen of a show. Even Breaking Bad. Uh, Game of Thrones, whatever. Uh, I have 90 days to lose 20 pounds. I'm just saying that because I want it to be on here, so I have to actually stick to it. I also don't understand why I, expired IDs are not taken to prove your age because they were given at one point. Who cares if they're expired? Still Stop. prove your age. Very nice. That was honestly took nice. longer than I expected. I started to get a little too much spit in my mouth talking that fast. Uh, that wasn't even that as I'm fast as you're about to do stressed. it. But. I would just like to say one last thing. Uh, ID should be taken forever as long as it's only proving your age. So you were watching while I was cooking breakfast after class this morning. And I, I forgot how good the first season of Walking Dead is. It's so good. I just, I'm, and I know I'm going to watch it and I know I'm going to get bored. And I know I'm not going to get past season four, season five. But oh, it's that, so good. Yeah, yeah. But then it just goes completely off the rails. It's like, but I think that if I watch it just did without like a waiting, couple of bumps of cocaine, we're like, all right, let's. Freaking go! But if I watch it without waiting, maybe it'll be like how I'm not as disappointed in Game of Thrones as you. Yeah. Because I watched it all at once. True. True. So I that's my hope. That. I'm hoping that I can do it now that it's pretty much over. Although it could go for like three more years. Yeah, knows? it could go until we're in our. But that's way over my stages. So I have to time yours. This is gonna go over a minute. So stop me, oh, please. Of course, I have no problem with that. Three, two, one. Houston Astros, baby. Jeff Luno, Jim Crane, push the chips to the center of the table and cash that check. Boy, we have Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and now Zach Greinke as your one, two, three. That is a World Series if I've ever seen it. Introducing the 2019 World Series champ bicep tat. It's all but confirmed, rather. Sorry, Mom. Happy trails to Tony Kemp, Tyler White, Derek Fisher, and Max Stassi, four former Houston Astros. 
who were casualties of the trade deadline. I wish those guys success in the, all things to come. If the Democrats fuck up the 2020 election and somehow lose to Trump, I am rage quitting politics. It's naive to think that someone besides Warren, Biden, or Sanders, emphasis on the last two, can actually take on Trump, gear shit together, give up on Pedo and Mayor Pete, and let's do this thing. We started disc golfing recently, and I really think I have a shot of going pro again. Sorry, mom. And my last thing, Cardi B sucks. I used to love listening to the radio in between podcasts, but it seems like every other song on the airwaves features Cardi B, and she's terrible. Can we please cancel Cardi B? She is the absolute worst. That was exactly a minute and 0.52 seconds. Can you name me one Cardi B song? Uh, no. Uh, back, she's on that one, Backing It Up. Back. Back, backing it up. I'm the queen of cock chicken and backing it up. And that's why I've never sang on the podcast before. That was really terrible. But it's literally one lyric. It's like something, 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 something. Rolls in the back. Cardi. Something, something. Cardi B. Something, something, something. Cardi. That's it. That's it. She's awful. So you're saying that she's annoying because she's on the radio too much? No, I'm, an, I'm saying she's annoying because her lyrics last Are lack terrible. originality. And honestly, I don't find her voice to be all that great. So we're in a slight disagreement. While I don't listen to her music at all, I think it is admirable that she raps about things that everyone else raps about, but she actually does it. Yeah. Like the bad bitch thug shit that she does. She's ratchet. Cool. Awesome. Everyone else raps about it. She actually does it. Yeah. I I mean, get mad when she does it. But I don't like the other people who rap about it necessarily i mean like i the closest guy who i would actually listen to who does that is 21 savage and i like two of his songs maybe i think he's kind of um devoid of talent frankly but i don't know i don't know maybe i'm wrong about this cardi b thing i but also she's kind of problematic isn't she she had that one thing with the whole she oh. raps about it though. She's a, she she's, raps she's about not... being problematic. Didn't she rap about like no, no, I you stealing, about stealing money? Stealing from... money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does that. You're mad because she actually does it, but she raps. That about it. logic it? is so okay. So uh, I'm putting on the podcast right now. I'm gonna walk outside and beat a baby bird to death with a baseball bat. But at least I'm talking about it here. Well, so that just everybody raps washes about it, my but hands. She actually clean. does it. So everyone loves it when everyone raps about it, but not when they actually do it. I disagree. So she Wayne, she backs thing. the she he backs the talk up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's something to, but Lil Wayne also has bars. Cardi B has. There's I don't think never. You should, I don't think you should use the term "has bars." Okay, <laughs> Lil Wayne is a great lyricist. Is that is that better? That's more on brand for my. Uh, oh so, so god, that's someone that you. I can't turn stand the radio. Every I time can't stand. Him. So let's segue into top three entertainers. That if you see them on TV or you hear them on your radio, does it have to be entertainers or just people no? Just that you see I guess on just TV? people, celebrities, celebrities. celebrities. You see or hear that makes you want to take a baseball bat to your radio or television, and in a more realistic sense, turn it to something else. Uh, you let's go three to one. You start. Uh, my third is just not uh, super relevant to a lot of people. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I used to work at a different company than I do now. Uh, that company was run by Eddie Lampert into the ground. Uh, I won't tell you what company, although pretty easy to if find. If you know how to use Google. Man. Uh, but Eddie Lampert, anytime I see him, just for one, I'm jealous because he just has more money than he knows what to do with and earned it on um, you know, yeah, laying me off. Uh, but he he is just does not care about anybody that is not himself. And that's, it just gets, he has a smug looking, I had money since I was born face. It was a hedge fund man. Like, oh gosh, that's, I, that, I can't go too much further. And on he, well, he drove an iconic real t- retailer into the ground. Okay, well now it's going really obvious, but that's okay. Well, we could be talking <laughs> about, uh, what's the one that we always got, uh, the other the other one? Uh, that... Oh, Mervyn's? No. no. It starts with an M. Yeah. I think it was Mervyn's. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. Montgomery Wards. Montgomery Wards. You're right. Mervyn's also went out of business, though. I've never heard of Mervyn's. I don't think that's an actual thing. <laughs> oh, it's from Texas at some point. <laughs> All right. That's a my good one. My mom used to shop at Mervyn's. It's a real place. Okay. All right. Well, my bad for not knowing it. My number three. Oh, that's tough. I think I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit. How do you have 15 people on your list of three? Any of the Kardashian and or Jenner clan. Anytime I hear them, or I, I you're going to say Kylie, right? No, are you including Kanye in that? Because I disagree okay, with that. Okay, that's, most people are like, oh, they're so annoying, they have no claim to fame. My, the reason I dislike the Kardashians, uh, well, that and the whole OJ Simpson tie, which is a little, uh, there's a lot there that is, a, you know, all allegations, which we don't really need to touch. 
But the fact that Kanye West, one of our generation's most talented entertainers and rap artists, uh, he enters into that marriage and just flies off the freaking handle. There's something wrong with those people. I, you know how you people say that, uh, certain certain celebrities are, are reptilian and not act. They're, they're reptilian. They have to be. They're not actual human beings. They're aliens, and they suck. They come from planet shithole. The Kardashians. The Kardashians. Because I, I honestly, uh, despite anything that he's done more recently, I, Kanye's entertaining to watch. He's, but the thing is, this television show that occasionally like pops up, and I used to see it on Twitter all the time. Thank God we don't have TV anymore. Oh God, it's just like you watch these clips, and these people are—they're boring. They're boring people. They're just rich, boring people. Who I? Who are they appealing to? Who watches this shit? But I know they're out there. I know for a fact they're out there because I've sat with people. Because they're making money. It, they're worth so much money. It's honestly, more than anything, it's probably jealousy. That these talentless... That, you know, the only person who has an inch of talent in their finger is the mom. Chris? Chris Jenner? Yeah, she's, she's actually extremely talented as a, oh, yeah. uh, as a as an agent in general. She knows what she's doing. She knows. She's sort of like a guy who's going to be my... Probably, I'm going to leave off because we would argue about this till uh, the dogs... Dogs come home? Who is it? Chickens come to... Dogs There's come a home. phrase there. Dogs come home. Uh, LeVar Ball. Just like putting your kid, kids in the spotlight, maximizing their worth. Um, but I don't... I don't appreciate them. And I don't like them. That's fair enough. I disagree. How bright of me. Well, I actually, I, did, I agree with you with the Kardashians. I disagree with you with LeVar Ball. Uh, who's number two? You didn't put him on your list. We won't argue it now. Uh, also not going to be super well-known. Although if it is, I love you. Uh, do you know who Katie Hopkins is? I do. I don't know who she actually is. I don't know what her job is. I don't know because I, I just, I've seen the things that she's tweeted in support of everything that I'm against. I don't know if she's in politics, actually. I think she's just a celebrity. So we didn't, I didn't actually recognize the name. And before we were doing pre, pre-production, you showed, like, you showed me your Twitter, Abby. And I immediately was like, yep, I, I know her. Oh, she's tied to the third series of The Apprentice, which is, that makes so much sense. She is 44, looks like she's 70, because racism adds that much to your, to your face. Mm-hmm. It is, she's... She likes to cause problems as well. So she'll agree with anything that'll make sure to cause like an uproar. Uh, but she's super, super into Donald Trump. She's super, super into Brexit. Like all this, all these things that I'm not oh, into. So. Dude, her Wikipedia is so tough. So Hopkins' social media presence and outspoken views, especially regarding social class, obesity, migrants, and race, have attracted controversy. At one point, she was forced to pay 150,000 pounds to a Muslim family whom Hopkins had falsely accused of extremist links. Okay, this lady sucks. No wonder she's she's on. Now, she would be on my top, like, number one of people I dislike. Oh, we're going people we avoid on TV, social media, and radio. So who's your number two? She catch a block so fast. My number two is going to be Amy Schumer. And I know that's not like a hot take because a lot of people dislike her. But I'm not going for like her vulgar uh, comedic chops or whatnot. Because dudes do it all the time. They talk like dick jokes are second nature if you're trying to break into the biz. And people think her, some of her jokes are a little low, low brow and sort of like. Well, like in the, in the big sick, they were talking about how. He can't just use Middle Eastern comedy because that's mm-hmm. too easy right, for him. Exactly. She does the exact same thing. Right, but it's women. it's really because she steals jokes. I hate people who steal content. I had content stolen from me when I worked at the newspaper. Um, stealing jokes is a whole nother thing because writing a good joke, I feel like, is very complicated. Coming from a historically unfunny person, if I actually sat there and wrote out material just to have somebody else just hijack it, it's terrible. And it's on her show. It's on all of her specials. I think it's... It's it's uh it's base, unoriginal, and trashy, and I don't think I don't find her humor funny. I understand how others would find it funny, but I don't. I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's disgusting. But again, I understand. I laugh at dick jokes all the time. I'm not a woman, you know. The whole nine yards. I'm trying to be, you know, anti problematic. Again, credit to me. But uh, the whole you can't sh- credit yourself. Uh, I just did actually. So uh, I think Amy Schumer will be my number two. Well, my number one again. We disagree, but I I dislike him for a different reason than people think. I, I don't dislike him as a person. Uh, I cannot stand when Old Town Road comes on the radio in any of its seventy-five different remixes. I respect the hell 
out of Lil Nas X because is it Nas and Nas? I don't really know. Nas. I've never heard Nas. it out loud. I don't know. Uh, I respect it though because he found a way to make a song that is not good. It's just not. It's catchy, sure, but Those it's not a good song. Words, not good lyrics. You're right. It's a great. He song. has made so much money off of these remixes to this not great song. You probably think Mo Bamba's a good song too, yeah? I feel victim shame. Okay, I feel attacked. So these are good party songs. Like they're they they get people hyped. They get everything. But I I find it hard to believe that anyone is genuinely listening to this in their headphones to themselves in the gym, just like yeah, this sounds good. No. But he has made so much money off of it, and he's he's a great personality. He's hilarious, but oh my god, I I I I don't I don't think he's talented at music. I think he made one song that was a crossover between two genres that was kind of risky. Go you, mm-hmm. great one hit wonder. Now he's a seventy hit wonder because we've remade it so many times. That's awesome. I just cannot stand the song anymore. I think that's the most pure answer to the prompt of the entire anything that's been mentioned so awesome job there i disagree wholeheartedly because i think he's listening to it all the time goddamn national treasure but that's just my i I also think he is i just can't stand the song well he's about to come out with a uh a grammy he already came out with an ep none of the songs were good um i haven't listened to it yet yeah exactly because you know you're a fake fan fan. uh okay so i put myself into a bit of a I was supposed to, Amy Schumer was supposed to be my number one. So my n- number one, oh crap. Did you forget what number we were on? Yes. Again, math and I do not really see eye to eye. I think I'm going to go with Logan and Jake Paul. And, That's two people. Well, okay. And I'm also going to group in the rest of those YouTubers like Little Tay and Lele Pons. So unfortunately, YouTube, I, I really enjoy YouTube. And I frequent it quite a bit because I feel like a lot of young content creators are there. And I like to see where the direction of the market's going. But these guys were in their own realm. They had their own platform, but they're slowly starting to eke out of YouTube and come on to the main stage. They'll like, I'll be on Netflix. Yeah, I'll be on on Netflix or, um, you know, Prime or actually just watching TV in a bar. And there they are. These guys are so annoying and so trashy. Isn't it the same guy that recorded the dead bodies yes, hanging exactly, in the forest? Yes, exactly. Because these guys... Okay, so we live in an age where everything is content. You're trying to produce content out of anything and everything. This guy takes that to a whole nother level when he goes through the, the suicide force in Japan. And that's what it was. That, videotapes right. a dead body hanging by a tree and posts it to his YouTube. You know who his following mainly is? Children. Children, aged probably 7 to 13. And he's posting this video of it. It's just, it's, um, it's irresponsible. And as a YouTuber, I feel like you should try to minimize harm and actually produce content that's funny, original, um, maybe even like emotionally and uh, intellect. Excuse me, intellectually stimulating. Not a dead body. There's no that ha- that serves no purpose except for just the wow factor. What does he usually record? <laughs> He's he's a vlogger, so he records everything. He literally has a camera crew. Uh, his I think it's it's oh he has a it's, crew. So Jake, Jake has this crew that videos or follows him around day by day. It's called I believe Team Ten. I might be switching my shithead brothers around, but they both suck equally. And their vlogs are nonsensical. I understand why some children like it because it's a lot of flash and glamour and living a lifestyle that they're trying to attain. But I like I said, I think it's irresponsible and I hate when they and I guess come into other platforms and that I'm trying to view because they suck. They just really freaking they just all suck. And I, I just think That's they're so unoriginal. And again, I'm jealous because the dudes are worth tens of millions of dollars and I will never sniff that amount of money Ew. unless I you know, I don't even know what I could do to I would like to know Jake Paul's net worth, and I'm going to. Which why are you going to do popular? that to me? Uh, I think more Logan's more popular, but why would you do that to oh, me? Oh, shoot! <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to ruin my day. Uh, which one do you think has a higher one? Ooh, I would say Logan. Logan Paul by one point one. What by one million dollars? What's the difference? Eleven point five and twelve point five. Son of a bitch! I'll, I'll just take a tenth of that for being annoying on YouTube. All right, so let me go through my honorable honorable mentions. I already mentioned LeVar Ball. Then I have uh, 
uh, an oldie but a goodie, Nickelback. Um, you don't really hear about them anymore, but you know that was like from my. It was my a way phase back. to hate their music. Their music's not that bad. It's you're right. It's worse. Then I have some sports media personalities: Reggie Miller, Keith Olbermann, Jim Rome. And if you know, you know Reggie Miller is typically anti Houston Rocket, which is why I just like him. Also, I don't think he's very good on TV. Keith Olbermann is a libcuck, and as a fellow, li- well, I wouldn't call myself a libcuck, but. As a moderate, I can say that. And Jim Rome just sucks. Jim Rome, who talks like this and is probably the biggest douchebag on the airwaves, is somehow still amassing, he still has a following. And just, I remember being in my house, transitioning from television on ESPN that I enjoyed to Rome is Burning. Do you remember Rome is Burning? Mm-mm. It's awful. Dude had frosted tips, spiky hair, and was the king of takes before Skip Bayless and Stephen A. And those guys. But at least they're entertaining. Jim Rome is just a douche. I disagree on Skip being entertaining, but yeah. I I mean, some people find him entertaining. I think he's an entertaining guy. He's wrong <clears throat> a majority of the time. Most of the time. I understand his shtick. Jim Rome's is just to be a dickhead. Yeah. So that would be that would my roundup. That would Speaking be- of bad commentators, you know they're not doing the players only uh, uh, broadcast anymore? God. Those were awful. <laughs> they were just uncomfortable. They were so bad because they would just have a conversation. I mean, kind of like what we're doing now. But there's a reason that we're here. You have to tune into this. No, like the only reason you tune into this is to listen. You don't have to, like you're not going to the basketball game to listen God. to basketball players talk about basketball. No, the literally the worst. So that's that does it. It's Thursday. I finally get to sleep in tomorrow. I feel like I'm finally gonna recover from Vegas. Have um, this up tomorrow. What's that? Have this up tomorrow. Oh yeah, this will this will be up tomorrow at the latest. Um, but we gotta go to Camp Gladiator. We're going to we're going to work out. We're going to get some. Uh, what was it? Do some t- Tabata? Tabata 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 workouts. Apparently, I think he made that up completely. But then I saw the people post about it. Tabata Tabata That's is the way say. we're going. And as I said in my one minute rant, I have ninety days to lose twenty pounds. Sticking to it. Not that's ten. That's Mac. That's. It's, it's seven, less than two pounds a week. Seven pounds less a month? Less than two pounds a week. But yeah, there we go. Less, that sounds better than seven pounds a month. So right. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, I'm plugging the website. Link below in the description. I stopped to check that out. We will catch you next time. Oh,